I mean, I think it's a lifetime of work. It is a lifetime <laughs> of work. It's like when you, it's when you think you got there, like, wait, actually, yeah. you thought, right. and you're then like you get lost your, again. Yeah, you're on your deathbed, and you just, like, learn something about yourself, and then you see the light, and you're like, but I just learned. <laughs> yeah, nope, sorry. So, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't Next stop. time around. It's Tuesday, February 26th, and you're listening to the Typed Out Podcast. I am your host, Nick Polifrone. Every week, Typed Out aims to deliver conversations that seek to expand the boundaries of understanding and acceptance. Nana Janae is first-generation African-American, her parents having emigrated to the United States from Guinea in the late 80s. Nana spent her early childhood in Maryland, as well as Mauritania, and would eventually move back to New York City, where she now lives as a model and creative. Here with me today is Nana herself. What's up, Nana? Welcome. Hi, Nick. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Of course. And I know that, well, first of all, Nana and I actually met digitally through Instagram. Yeah, so basically, uh, a mutual friend of ours posted uh, Nick's content about Typed Out, and for some reason, I was just compelled to, you know, repost it and just support it, because what you do is amazing, and I always tell you this, like, I, thank you. I think it's needed. Um, I, and I'm, I know it's going to grow and I'm excited to see it grow. Thank you so much. Yeah. And so in, of course, following back, uh, Nana was doing something amazing, which was sharing information about African countries that we may otherwise not know much about. Mm-hmm. And that sparked my interest. And this was actually meant to be a different podcast episode at first. So we were going to do like a bit of a where in Africa is Carmen San Diego, and just kind of give some information about countries that we should really know about but in our conversation a couple weeks ago we sat down started talking you know that was the first time we met in person Mm -hmm. and you started talking about something that i was like we should really get into this this should be our first episode and i remember you saying how growing up as a young black woman in the states that there was sort of a different uh approach to being black in america Mm -hmm. And you were saying that you kind of had to do a bit of research, correct? Yeah. So the thing is for me, again, big growing up as a first generation, first gen kid, it was difficult. I think, you know, I look back on like, I think my mom also kind of struggling to like, you know, I guess maintain some sort of culture mm. and try to like implement that onto me. But at the same time, like raising your kids somewhere where it's like, you're not even familiar with. So how do I balance this? And so for me, it created a lot of like inner turmoil and inner, like kind of a little bit of an identity crisis Yeah, in a sense where I'm just like, wait, am I black enough? Am I African enough? You know, when I went to Africa, I wouldn't know, like, I would feel a little bit like an outcast, you know, I'm just like, am I, I come here and like people, because of people's perception on what it, on what America is like, you go to Africa and people are like, people think that when you get off the plane, you're given like a bag of money and you're just rich and you know, you know, you, 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 but you, I don't know, fist bump like Jay-Z, like, you know, in the street <laughs> and like, you know, you know, the people, the, so all these actors, like there's this perception of, of what it is to be an American or what, it, what America what it is to be in America because yeah. of like movies and media and stuff like that. So it's like when I'm there, like people treat me differently. They're just like, they're like, oh, like you're from America, blah, blah, blah. Even when I was living there, it was like, they called me the American. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? That's what I identify as. Yeah. You know, and there's, I didn't, living there, I, there's, I didn't, even though in Mauritania where I, I was there for like what, like three, four years of my life with my aunt, 
it's Arabic and a French speaking country. Mm. So I didn't necessarily need to know the dialects, but in my aunt's house, we spoke the dialects from Guinea and I didn't really know anything. So it's like, I didn't know, I, I understood. And well, now I understand a lot more, but I understood some things, but I didn't really know how to communicate. So I felt out of, I've always felt out of place. Yeah. You know, and I remember you telling me in our conversation that yeah. you felt like you had to do your research by like watching BET and yeah. seeing if like you were living up to an expectation. Yeah. So I guess you can say when I came back from Mauritania to live with my mother, um, I, I definitely, again, identity crisis. I, I thought that I thought that I had to like watch BET. Like there's this perception of what it is to be black in America. Right. Yeah. So it's like you listen to hip hop, you listen to R&B, which are things that are very much you know they were created by black people yeah um so that's but that's the only thing that they that was like synonymous with being black one of the only things it's like being black segregation it's um it's music segregation slavery you think about like when people would talk about what it is to be black here so i thought that i had to i i stuck i stayed with bet i would come home from from school do my homework or do my homework and watch bet um and like really like do research on movies and like i Nick, I know every single quote-unquote black or urban movie. I know them all. I know them probably more than people that are like I actually like have generations of family here yeah. because I did. I, that's how much I wanted to feel like I was a part of something. Now, was that yeah. pressure coming from like other kids at school and like were people saying like how did the pressure or where did the identity crisis really come from? Was it other people sort of like making you out to be something that you didn't feel like you were or? I think there are multiple factors. Like for for one, my name, I have a very African name. So Nene Umu Jane is very African. Um, There's no elements of the Western world at all in that name. And so for me, I felt, and people would make fun of me. You know, it was like, what's what's that? Like, what's, I remember like, oh man, I remember poor mom, my mom put her through (laughs) so much. But like, I remember like my, you know, they would, my full name is Nene Umu. That's my actual name. And I remember it used to be written on all the papers and I'd be like, and I, one day I got so embarrassed because they put it on my diploma. And I remember kids were just like, what the hell? I thought your name was Nene. And I literally had to like beg my mom to go and get my, that part removed off. So I would just be Nene and I'd make people pronounce my name, my name Nene, because I didn't, I wanted to disassociate myself so much mm. with, with my African side. Cause it's like, Oh, you're African. Like I literally get made fun of like African booty scratcher and stuff like that to the point where I, lied about my hair like my heritage and where my family was from and like because my mom had a little bit of an accent but but the thing is like my mom there's this like stereotypical like look or the stereotypical like way that they think that africans actually look and my mom is actually very fair and to be honest has kind of like western features Mm. because of my family's background like my mom is arab and stuff like that but she's still an african woman Um, because everyone all of us are mixed yeah you know so so I would lie and say like stuff like, oh, my mother is like Indian or like she's this because also being Native American was, that's something that black people, black Americans would do a lot also. To, sometimes people would like to dissociate themselves with being black, but that's not really their fault. I think that's just like a conditioning thing. I mean, yeah. they've been through a lot in the world, in this country or whatever. So I'd be like, oh, my mother is Indian and stuff like that. And like, she's not like, she's not African, she's Indian. and. She's just mixed with this and that. And, you know, because I didn't want to be black because people were making fun of me and I didn't feel like there's a place for me here. I'm like, damn, like, I, you know, there's all these dialects being spoken in my house. Like, I know how to speak French and people don't get me. So I'm just like, you know what? Okay, so I'm going to immerse myself completely into this culture. 
or what I think the culture is, and I, I'm gonna be one of them. So that included BT. My knowledge on music is crazy. Like what I know about like black music is crazy. And um, I know everything. Like I know artists, like Motown artists. Like I'm very like disco and like all the eras. Like I've studied everything just because I wanted to feel so much a part of a part of that. Because yeah. I know that that plays a big part in African American history. Yeah. You know segregation and like slavery. Like I wanted to know so much because I wanted to be a part of something so badly. Because I wanted. Because it's like you can't be white. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna be black as hell. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna be as African American as they get. Right. So I'm going to know exactly, like, everything. Just I'm going to know everything. I'm going to dress urban. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to, like, eat the same thing and eat fried chicken. Because that's, like, you know, that's a stereotype, right? Fried chicken and watermelon. Yeah. And so I'm going to do this. I'm going to say it like that just because I want to fit into this mold. Because I don't want to be ostracized. Because I don't, I want to feel like I'm a part of something. Because what I am is not enough. And what I am is being made fun of. And I think that's the issue with identity. It's, like, that's why it's such a hard thing. Because... They want you to be able to box, be boxed into one thing. They want you to be boxed, and and that's because it's like okay, so you 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 say you're this, you have to be only this, but it's like I'm not just one. I'm not one thing, and yeah. I think that's what people need to understand. And identity doesn't have to be just one thing. You can be multiple things, absolutely, and identify as multiple things, and still be a whole human being, and just still be okay, you know. Yeah, and that's why people have such an issue, you know. And that's why I think maybe that's. A big is- that's what was a big issue for me growing up is because I thought that I had to just be one thing. I just had to be African, like African American, because I am someplace that is predominantly that is African. Like the black people here are African American. You know what yeah. I mean? So oh, yeah. I thought that I had to just be that. But I can I can be you know I can have roots from Guinea and still be American. You know that's a thing. We need to diversify what it is to like. How do you explain this? We need to like be just acceptant of what it is that someone identifies as, as opposed to trying to put them in into a category. Categorize yeah. people—that's what it is. Yeah, people like to categorize things so they can understand it more. Yeah, but if you don't understand, it, maybe it's just not for you to understand. Right, or you maybe know? some things don't always have to be put in a box. Exactly. And like one thing that I've been sort of kind of grappling with myself is yeah. like tethering yourself to identity like how much should you say that i am this thing Mm. and be uh stalwart on that Mm. you know like that you i just don't want to be so i think that there can be a level of detriment to identifying with something so hardcore yeah you know because when you tether yourself to identity so strictly Mm -hmm. what happens if that identity gets removed from you so, so certain identities can't be right yeah. but like other things just like why do we have to hold on to this sort of stake in the ground of like who you are as opposed that you can be like coming to your it's point fluid fluid and and yeah. so many things because yeah. being human being a person the human experience cannot be put in so many boxes you know what i mean like you can't exist in this box but also be in that box over there because people feel like you have to be put in one specific box so they think they can understand you more right it's like wait why are you 20 different things and i can't really like can't get you if you're 20 different things yeah you know what i mean and it's 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 more for selfish reasons than it is for your actual like betterment than that people want to put you in boxes so they can they think that they can understand more yeah it's for them not for you yeah this reminds me of a story um i was talking with my sister when I was home several months ago and we were talking about like oh well I had gone to the store with my dad mm-hmm. and we were walking down the aisle in the opposite direction someone was you know walking towards us 
and my dad made some casual comment uh he's like i can't tell if that's a man or a woman and mm. i said well dad why do you need to know mm. and he goes well what do you mean he's like i just want to know if it's a man or a woman i said yeah but also why do you need to know because again coming back to the conversation with my sister and recanting that story to her i said it's like we create these identities or we have to label people or put them in a box because those boxes give us a sort of read me file as it were as to how to treat that person oh well this is a man i treat them that way this is a woman i treat them that way you know like with everything with every sense or fragment of an identity comes with it a way in which society dictates how we treat that person yeah how they should be received how they should, how sh- they should be, um, like how you should interact with them. Yeah. How you should be around them. No, for sure. It's, it, wow. Like, I'm sorry. I never really got this deep into that, but that's literally what it is. It's yeah. so other people can feel comfortable. It's like, well, why yeah. don't you just automatically treat that person as a person? Just as a human being. Does it matter like what they identify as or who they are, what what gender they are? Yeah. Which, no shade to your dad. Yeah. But no. like, but <laughs> yeah. but that's the old school though. Yeah. Because my mom would probably do the same thing too. Right. Do you get what I'm saying? That's just what it is. It's like, or like even, okay, I'm talking about this, like bisexuality. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of, it, people have an issue with that, especially when a man is bisexual. They're like, no, you can only just be either you're gay or you're not. Oh yeah. What do you mean? Right. It's an actual identity. Like yeah. being bisexual is a real thing. Yeah. And it's not, I know, because I've had conversations with friends about like, just in casual conversation, like, could you ever be with somebody that identifies as bi? And I asked two of my friends who are straight and they were like, no. And I was like, well, why? And they happened to say that like, but that's a level of competition that I can't compete with. And I'm like, but why does that matter? Mm. Like if somebody's going to be, um, what is the word? Uh, in if someone's going to be infidel, infidel, infid- if they're going to commit an infidelity, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, is there a, like a okay. noun for that? If they're going to or noun or whatever. Anyway, yeah. if if someone is going to be untrue in their relationship, it yeah. really shouldn't matter what the gender of that person, that other person that they cheat with it is, matter. right? Yeah. Because it's the simple act that they cheat. Yeah. So being a cheater shouldn't necessarily dictate the size of the pool in which that person can cheat. And I would argue that it has everything to do with your relationship. Like if that person wants to be with you, if they elect to be with you, what does it matter who they could potentially ultimately wind up being with? But I think not only does it have to do with that, but also like this, this whole concept, this like false, false concept that like, for some reason, like if you're, if you're a man and you identify as bisexual, that like, you're not as masculine, Mm. it's like takes away, like, like you're not as masculine because you've had sex with another man. Right. That's what I've, and I've spoken to friends about this because all my friends, a lot of my friends told me like they wouldn't do it. They're like, I can't be with a bisexual guy because like you, I mean, because if he leaves yeah, me for a man, not only he leaves me for a man, because it's like, no, because he's been with it. Like, not only that, it's just like, oh, he's been, he's had sex with another guy. Like, I think that's just uncomfortable for me. I'm like, like, it demasculates yeah, him. Yeah, it demasculates him. Exactly. And I'm just like, how does, so I was like, what is, so it's, it's homosexuality, just because your sexuality, what does that have to do with, like, what you identify as in terms of, like, gender? Or, like, I don't get it. I don't get how that's correlated at all. Yeah. Well, like, that's, that too is a very real thing. Like, the idea of like even within the gay community it's like this was part of my journey of like identity as well where it's like there's this belief of if you are a bottom in a relationship that like being a bottom is the most emasculate thing you could do like you're yielding up your masculinity 
to be a woman or you know like to 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 emulate what it is to be a woman in yeah. a relationship and it's like no like i'm a person operating in a relationship and i still have my identity as a man yeah. you know or whatever it means to me to be a man yeah and i think that's fascinating that how some of your friends kind of give that perception that you know this person being with another man somehow devalues them yeah especially because the whole bottom situation yeah that means you're not that much of a man because you're you're basically yeah you're you're basically a woman right so it's like why would i want to be with a woman yeah you know which these are there's so much that goes into these things that we just need to look at and question um and say like does does that remove someone's dignity does it do we truly have to say that like these things are indicative of gender behavior you know again boxes putting boxing someone in one place or people just wanting to box you into one thing it's like because you're a bottom okay that means you're feminine because that, that makes you feminine like okay then i can't like i don't i'm sorry it's like hard for me to even articulate this because i don't understand it yeah i don't understand how people do this but i think in me saying that though i'm sure there are times where i do that too you know i think this is like it's a conditioning yeah you know and i think that the fact that we're talking about this i think is important because people need to be aware of the fact that they're doing this yeah and in your awareness that's when we can change things and and again not be so i don't know just so motivated to like you know want to box this person or try to under you know box them to understand them more yeah you know again they're just people just a person this person's you're different from me i'm different from allison allison's different from whatever you know yeah. what i mean so i think that's what we need to like focus on more is just the individual not trying to group them in with people it's right. just because we're all different yeah. and i think that's like the moral of it all like we're all very different have different stories um we may do the same thing but our, our journey to getting there is different or where we may end up is going to be different you know yeah. and i think that's just what it comes down to is the fact that people need to take people for who they are and not try to place them in in other places just so they they can think they think that they can understand them more because you're not going to be able to because you just need to get to know that person yeah that individual person everyone's an individual and we need to respect each other as such yes and not try to again label whatever you know one thing that i thought that you said that was great is that you can't be responsible for other people's perceptions of you like what people project onto you you can't be responsible for that you can only be responsible for how you identify for who it is that you ultimately want to be yeah you know i think that's and that's something that i had to learn the very hard way yeah you know because i and trying to put myself in a box i was like okay then i'm okay so let's talk about me uh wanting to be as african-american as possible you know uh, I thought that by being put in that box and by, you know, doing all this this uh, work in terms of studying and stuff like that, then I would be more accepted. But I still wasn't really that accepted, you know? I still had people, like, you know, talk crazy about me or do whatever, you know? I still didn't feel accepted. I still felt like, oh, I still don't fit in, you know, mm -hmm. to some extent. So it's like, it's not even about, I have no control over the way that people perceive me. I, I don't I think all I can control is is was what it is that I, I what it is that I put out into the world I don't and it, it's still like it's still hard though I'm not gonna lie because again this is I'm 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 on my journey of like you know reprogramming my brain and um, as 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 is everybody yeah. I would hope yes and so 
I, I still have moments where like, you know, I'm like, I, I worry, you know, because again, this is, cause we, because being boxed in is the safest route. You know, it's, it's safe, you know, when you fit into what society already has as like a, a, a like a concrete box, it feels safer to be a, amongst that. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, and people are like, are not going to feel threatened or not going to feel like, mm, what is that? You know, we're not going to question anything. It's just, it is what it is, you know? And, but I think that, that we go, it goes back to just living in your truth, right? And just being, yeah. just living and, and, and what you feel is right to, for you, you know, or identifying with whatever you feel like you, you feel like you, you want to identify as. Yeah. And again, it's, it's a hard lesson, but I think the older that I get and the more I understand me, I understand that that's all I can really do. And I, again, just like no one's responsible, like for the way that like I view them, I'm not responsible for anybody else as well, you know? Um, and I think, we just need to be accepting of that within each other. Like we just need to accept each other for who we are. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I'll say that that point in my life is what got me to that place where I'm just like, you know, even if you know I'm I'm as black as as you can get, and I know all the movies line by line. I know Baby Boy, um, up and down because it's on BET every single day. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and me knowing all the lines to Friday and stuff like that it doesn't do shit because. People are sort of label me as something else. So why the hell do I care at the end of the day? Yeah. Like, why do I have to care? But you know? ultimately, it's like, it would be one thing if you dove into that research yeah. and, you, and it really resonated and yeah. you found something yeah, there for course. you. But like, and who's to say that you have or haven't? You oh, know? No, I have. I love, you know? I love, I love black culture. Like, yeah. I'm, I, I have a, like, I love it. I also think that like, you have to do those things where you kind of go down these paths of trying to find who you are and yeah. ultimately you do find yourself. Yeah. You know, because it might be either things that you resonate with along that journey mm -hmm. or it's such a departure of self that you're like, I don't feel like I'm working through my greatest authenticity and so realizing that serve that, its purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Every investigation of self will ultimately bring you back to who it is that you're meant to be. You got to get a little bit lost right before you're able to find yourself. And but that's that's a painful, painful, painful time. Yeah. But necessary. I mean, I think it's. A lifetime of work. It is a lifetime of work. <laughs> it's like when you, it's when you think you got there, like, wait, actually, yeah, you thought, right, and then you're you like get on lost your, again. Yeah, you're on yeah. your deathbed, and you just like learn something about yourself, and then you see the light, and you're like, but I just learned. <laughs> yeah, nope, sorry. So yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't. Next stop. time around, no, yeah. it doesn't stop. But it's, it's, it's the beauty of, of really living. It's, it's, it's. I think that's part of like the most amazing parts of being alive is the fact that you get to like get back to yourself. You yeah. Know? find yourself again even though the journey is hard um and difficult and you know uh unexpected and i think i think it's also hard because we also set expectations to certain things and i think that we get disappointed sometimes and i think it's important to go with the flow of things as much as possible yeah and accept where you are you know it's like hey i feel a little bit lost okay cool and that's okay you know there's no there's no bad or good to to, to your to your journey to self-discovery you know, yeah. I think that it's important just to be nice to yourself and just let yourself go and be, you know, so. Did your parents ever f get any sort of backlash as well or? In terms of like. Like, did your mom ever feel like there was sort of a split identity? I mean. It was with her, yeah, but it was more because of her papers. Like, I'll say this, like my mother, it took my mom 20 years before she got her passport. So I think for her, she did feel, but that was the only thing, the nationality 
situation not being able to travel my mom my parents came here illegally mm. you know in the late 80s so i think that's for that was my mom's like that was my mom because my mom has she's a prideful woman like she loves her culture but also she also had a little bit of an issue because my mom left africa when she was 16 I actually went back and forth between europe and, and africa my mom graduated early went to paris you know modeled and then like went to school didn't finish came back went back to Africa, tried to figure it out, met my father, then they, you know, kind of ventured off from there. But my mom had a, a, a little bit of an identity issue too because she also didn't feel African enough. So I think she had to overcompensate and try to really like, you know, try to like put the hammer down with me. This is why, and my mom would say stuff like, why are you acting like a black American? You know, why are you acting African-American? Like why, because there's also this like weird unsaid beef between African-Americans versus Africans because, you know, again, in the media, there's this like, they there's this like thing where it's like African people look at African Americans as like uncivilized kind of like um, when at, at back in the day I don't, now I think think people are kind of coming together um, but it was just like uncivilized they have no culture you know that like they're impolite and and then you know African Americans thought that African people were savages and ran around naked and hunted lions and to be honest with you. The only time in my life I've seen lions was at the Bronx Zoo. Um, I have never seen a lion or a giraffe or any of those things just wandering around in, in Guinea or in Mauritania or in Senegal where I've been. So, I mean, she had a, her own, like, she had her own, like, issues with that, you know, with her identity. And I felt it and I saw it. And especially in the nationality thing, like, she, that also played a big part of on her self-esteem. But when she got it, there was a different confidence but I can tell she was more rooted in her African culture, though, even after getting her papers. But I think that just gave her the leeway to like kind of travel around because I mean, having that nationality, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You yeah. have to like travel, you know what I mean? There's no boundaries. Yeah, and also like growing up, being a kid and being susceptible to like identity and figuring out where is it that you actually fit versus yeah. being a grown woman. Like I imagine you, you said your mom moved when she was 16, yeah. right? Yeah, so she's a little bit further along her journey than actually growing up and kind of being pulled one direction in another. Yeah. You know, it's a very real thing if you are first generation. I, I'm not, I happen to be third generation, but like, I think it's a very real thing or I can fathom it being a very real thing mm. where there's such a tie to your parents' culture mm. because it's so fresh. Mm. And, and the parent wanting to have the child connect with that culture, mm. but then also trying to adapt to American culture as well. And where do you find that balance, you know? I think it took me getting to two extremes to finally find the balance. And I'm still trying to find it to be very honest. Like, yeah. because I came from, like I started off as a child really like, I guess, hating that side of me and, and trying to reject it, you know? And then I came to a point where I'm like, you know what, fuck this shit then. Like, I'm gonna be as African as possible. I'm African, I'm African, I'm African. But I also, in that, like I rejected my American, I am an American. Like, that's just what it is. Like, I, my nationality is American. I was born here. I was predominantly raised here. I speak the language. I was in the education system here. Like, I'm an American, but I also have this background. Like, my family is not from here. So I think it's finding that middle ground because when I decided to be as African as possible, I got to a point where I started hating the fact that I was even a part of this country, you mm -hmm. know, which is interesting. I guess being on both ends of the spectrum. So I got to a point where I just didn't, yeah, I was like, ugh, like, um, Americans are this, da, 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 like, I just talk shit. Was it like a sort of, like, disconnect with yeah. America as a whole? Yeah. Not so much the, like, the black community. It was just no, like... No, 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 it was just America okay. as a whole, not the black community. Yeah. I, I just, again, I don't know what it was, but I've always felt a connection 
with just the black community as well. I mean, there is a part, you know, I guess I'm going to be kind of going off a little bit of about what we're talking about, but I did have a little bit of a disconnect um, towards the black community at one point because of colorism issues. Like, mm. I, I remember, like, at one point, again, like, I'm going to talk about this very openly, but I remember, like, telling myself, like, oh, I, like, I want to get married to, like, a white guy, so my kids will be, like, biracial, mm. so they'll be, like, light, and that's better. And so, I mean, in that regard, like, because that's a little bit of self-hate, isn't that? So, well, it's it kind of comes back to themes that I've brought up several times yeah. where it's just, like, how racism exists or like white supremacy exists on many different levels levels, and that's actually a thing in the gay community is Mm. that like i remember seeing an article that a friend of mine posted about how like black gay men trying to uh form relationships with white men is almost like a level of achievement Mm -hmm. which is it's twisted and sick in the way that sometimes these things show up you know like in one of my previous conversations with spencer it's like racism and white supremacy exist on so many different levels and people don't even realize that's what's happening you know until we sort of gain this level of awareness and recognition to say like wait why do i actually feel that way you know and does it matter the person's skin tone of who i fall in love with you know because everybody's beautiful that's very true but it's fascinating that that was something that you were sort of leaning towards. I was, and it's interesting because I think that was also during the time that I was also tr- trying to really be, be as quote unquote black as possible, mm. which was that's that's an interest that's interesting. You know, I'm trying to here. I'm trying to be like quote unquote stereotypically black and know all these things, but at the same time, it's like I don't really want to be with anyone like a black person. I want to be with someone that's white because I think that my kids would turn out looking better that way. Mm. You know, or, but I think. And that was a way that you used to think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, 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 not anymore. I'm not like that yeah. anymore. But that was, that was like in my teens. I was like, well, 15, 16, thinking that way. Um, but I also thought, I think it's also because the air that I grew up in, like a lot of the, because I used to be one of the guys, and a lot of the guys would say, oh, well, like you would be prettier if you were light skinned. <laughs> or, or like, which um, for anybody that hasn't yet seen our album cover, Nena is fucking gorgeous. Thank you. Yes, there's a reason why we said that she's working as a model. <laughs> Thanks. Um, no, uh, but yeah, like stuff like that. You know, I, I would hear comments like that, and that would really like grind my. Gear. It made me really sad, and it took me a while for me to just be like, that isn't like that doesn't matter. You know, it because it, it really doesn't. That's just. All that it's like mental. It is. It's mental in, in prison, like again, white supremacy, like me, like mental stuff. It's not. It's not real. It's not real. Yeah, I mean, it's all, all of these systems, right? Yeah, are mental constructions. Yeah, that we some that are lodged in our brains, yeah. and we follow through on them. I remember I was watching a TED talk actually, which is interesting to think about how sometimes prejudice winds up in your head and you don't even realize it. And I think it was, um, oh God, it was, it was, she was a black female speaker mm-hmm. giving a TED talk and she was talking about sexism mm-hmm. and she was like, I'm a woman and I'm still sexist. Like, mm-hmm. and the reason I realized that was I was flying somewhere overseas and a female pilot came on the intercom and she's like, oh, awesome. Like female pilot. That's so great. Like, yes, women. And then she goes, it wasn't until we hit a little bit of turbulence that I was then like, oh my God, a woman's flying this plane. Would I feel safer if it was a man? Wow. And she's like, again, unpacking that idea. Where did that thought come from? Because we have been conditioned to believe that vehicles in the hands of a man 
are safer. Like we are safer in the hands of a vehicle being flown, operated by a man than by a woman. Yeah. And we know that's not true. Women can be just as coordinated, if not more coordinated than men. Mm -hmm. So it's like the way that these systems, these beliefs, these conditions show up in our mind. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like when that thought happens and you check yourself, you're like, oh shit. If it's, if it's showing up as something like, you know, a female pilot flying a plane, and hitting turbulence, where else is it showing up? Where else does it resonate along the line? You know? You know, it's so funny because even that mentality, it, it far extends. It's not just in the US. Like, I'm going to put my family stuff out there. But um, my aunt, I never forget my aunt. My mom got into a little bit of an argument. And then my aunt goes, Well, you know what? It doesn't matter. I don't care anymore because my, my daughter's marrying a white man. I was like, Are Whoa. you? shitting me my mom and i were just in my aunt is so educated and so smart and really like aware of what's going on in the world and then when she said that i was like are you said what yeah you know and even like in some some aspects like asian culture the bleaching skins are is over there and even yes. like my my my, my friend my friend one of my really good friends uh, her family is from china but she grew up in canada and she told me straight up that like Honestly, her parent, her family would never accept a black man. They would accept a white guy. They would, they want her to be with a Chinese guy, but then it was like Chinese and then white and then like nothing else. Yeah. So you know, it it's not just here. Of course. You know, this is I a mean, we know issue. that. Like, yeah. yes, racism is a global issue. And yeah. my friend Rachel spent some significant time in China, mm -hmm. and she was saying that she would go away on like a tropical holiday, and she would come back tan. Mm -hmm. And she said that some of her teachers, her fellow teachers would leave bleaching cream or lightning cream on her desk. Wow. And it's like, we just need to kind of examine that and really see how that is not okay. And how old was she? I mean, she's our age. Uh, it's just crazy how that like, these things are prevalent. And it's, and I just also want to unpack the idea that there is this perception that whiteness equals success, or it's like the key to something. Mm. And can we start as a society to deprogram that, you know, like if, if it's even creeping in in the way that we approach relationships, you know, and seeing things of as being with someone of lighter skin or having lighter skin, because we know that's a thing, right? Even um, Jazz and Spencer have mentioned it before, and you even mentioned it in this conversation about the lightness of skin. And again, being white approximate or fair complected is like almost kind of being closer to that key to success key to success beauty just key to all your all, all your dreams coming true it's 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 really disturbing but i mean i think despite all that i think that times are changing though yes I, I think slowly but surely i think times are changing i think even it's interesting because you know i walk around talking about people ask me where i'm from because you know i also have a shaved head so it's also this like stereotype oh you must be african you know bald bald black girl and they're like where are you from so i immediately know what they're talking about and then like oh that's so cool you know like i want to go to nigeria like there's more of an acceptance towards that now mm. i feel than before because it's never was it never was like it's like oh because before it went from oh do you guys still have dirt roads to now oh i would love to go there you know, a lot of everyone's like talking about wanting to travel to Ghana, Nigeria. People are getting all these like DNA testing, 23andMe type stuff because they want to they want to actually get back to that. Yeah. They want to get back to their roots. So I think it's 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 changing. Yeah. It was not like this before. If anything, they're running away. I felt I felt in my experience, people were running away from that. But it's like now everyone wants to get closer to that and try to understand where their actual actual roots are from, which I think is amazing. You know. Yeah.
Absolutely. Yeah. Have you, like when you tell people where you're from, like where your, your family's from, yeah. do you find that there's more acceptance being African? I think, you know, the whole like concept of like something being exotic or like exoticism, like when people say that, yeah. whenever it's foreign, people think, oh, that's cooler. You know, it's like, oh, that must mean you must be like more well-rounded because you know, your family is <laughs> not from here. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people are like, oh, that's so cool. You know, because again, the world's getting smaller. Yeah. You know, so everyone has access to all this information. And a lot of times when I say Guinea, people don't really know where that is because mm. um, it's not really on their radar. I mean, or when I say Guinea, they say New Guinea. Or Which they are say, two completely separate different. places. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. And um, so they say New Guinea. I'm like, oh, no. And I have to break it down. They're like, oh, Guinea-Bissau. I'm like, oh, no. Just to let you guys know, there's three different three different guineas in africa there's guinea there's equatorial guinea which is uh spanish-speaking guinea mm. uh, uh colonized by the spanish and then there's uh guinea bissau which is colonized by the portuguese and then there's guinea uh guinea conakry which is french colonized so it's like three different in one continent which so. is where your family's from yeah my friend my family's from guinea conakry uh french Col- i think they didn't they didn't gain their independence until like late i think it was like late 60s early 70s so honestly that's pretty recent yeah, you know, uh, to be honest with you, which is which is why they're also dealing with their own shit. Like they have a lot of issues with presidents and corrupt governments and post-colonialism. That's part of that, and people still kind of like poking and their hands into stuff. Like people, like foreign people, like you know, people taking our resources and like. Yeah that's another episode i think yeah it's like i would just say go watch black panther where they're worried about people stealing vibranium which is a very real thing yes but i do want to like pick your brain a little bit more about like the identity crisis Mm. and well where are you now is i guess maybe the Uh, question where i'm at a point right now where i get teared a little bit but i am so proud of where my family is from and i'm so proud of of my roots because i started to understand i think because i just started to understand myself more and so in that i know i you know sometimes i call my aunt i ask her about stories about my grandfather or like my you know my grandmother or like or like my aunts like and i hear about things i really have that deep pride and can i feel that connection to them you know more than i ever have and right now in terms of being american what is to be american i think that i realize that i can be american and be african like legitly you know i can have this nationality and still very much be proud of my roots yeah you know because as insane as this country is you know i think that there's also beauty to it i think absolutely i think it's backstory everyone's just coming here like you know to to fend for better life because we're all immigrants at the end of the day you know we we all are you know whether even though i'm first generation so it's a little bit different but we all are from somewhere else but i see the beauty in america and i see the beauty in being american you know and being in this country because of the freedom like the regulations the rules regulations that we have in comparison to others like i think back on there's other countries that don't have this you know even though our system is also fucked you know i'm not gonna sit here and make it seem like something that it's not but it is a lot better than a lot a lot of other places you know so but i'm yeah i also i'm very grateful for this my this my background here as well you know so and i think that also makes me really well-rounded because i think i'm able to connect with with different people because of that because of my crisis in a sense you know i think i'm able to see the beauty in everything and everyone yeah and every culture just because again i dealt with my own so 
I'm still kind of coming out of that I'm African thing and I'm only African thing. I think I got deeper into that after Trump was elected. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think I wanted to disassociate myself with this country, but I'm also part of this country as well. Yeah. Because I felt like I was like, the, if a guy like this is president, that means that I'm not, I was like, I'm not welcomed here, you know, then I should just like stick to like my cultural background. Because I, I felt, I was like, I, I don't mean anything to yeah. you. So why should I try to be a part of something that you make me feel isolated from yeah i think a lot of people felt that way yeah i think his election was a huge wake-up call for a lot of people of course um and i think that he is representative like coming back to the idea of change he's representative of the things that do need to change in this country if anything we should look at him as being sort of like the pulse of really what's kind of happening underneath the surface yeah and saying that if we really want to better or improve there's a lot of shit that we need to look at a lot so yeah i would I would say a lot of folks, but I mean, some of this is recurring theme for people, you know, where it's just like, at what point do you really, at what point can you really hope things will change and that they actually do change? And hopefully this kind of larger wake up call will be the catalyst for that. I I, honestly, there's no going back from here. I think people are just fed up. Like I feel the energy and the fire, like people, like I've never seen I never felt like so much like everyone's kind of like coming together like we have to do this we have to do that like there's like this like hunger for change yeah that i've never felt in my lifetime and i'm sure it, there was bounce of that which is what you know got us out of like segregation and stuff like that but there's this like fire i feel that is like being it's like fueled like people are just ready to go yeah. and ready to they're changing, like all right so it's like you know how things have to get bad sometimes before they get they get good i think that we're moving towards that i know that it's kind of hard to see from this angle but i think that we're working towards that because people are a lot more aware. Yeah. You know, there's an awareness that has never been, again, during my lifetime, I feel I've never felt this people that people have been this aware, Yeah. you know, as to what's going on around them or wanting to just like change things and speaking up like this. I've never like, again, people are really speaking up, you know, and again, like I like to give social media shit, which <laughs> I want to break right now, guys. Um, <laughs> I want to break, but that's also been a big factor in this. People are screaming, like yelling, like all these women being elected in Senate, like, you know, all this, just all this. It's, yeah. I've never, it's like, there's like this, like, whoosh, like it's really happening and we are really moving forward again as much, as hard as it is to see, but it's moving. There's a lot more there's accountability. Lot, it, there, there you go. There's a lot more, a lot more people realizing that they can make a change you know like yes. a lot of times people have felt helpless in the past like what the hell am i gonna do what the hell that can i do but i think there's everyone's being given a voice yeah you know through social media through i mean because again the world's getting smaller yeah in my we're opinion. so much yeah. more connected now than there we ever were before so i think there's so much change and i think there's so much to look forward to i'm not saying that it's going to be an easy ride it, no. no it never is like in order to clear the water as it were yeah. you have to go through all the nasty mud yeah. in order to really affect change like if we really want to improve the systems and create equity and equality for everybody yeah. that means we have to look at a lot of hard stuff yeah and see where we're complicit yeah essentially you know People, you can't overlook, you know, the bullshit. You have to look, you have to work through it yeah. and see where it, it needs to be. Like, you know, just like self-development, right? In order to get to really like change as a person, you have to look at every side of yourself, good and bad, like really like dig deep, 
and see places where like, you know, I'm really insecure or whatever, this trauma, like really face things in order to like really get through it. It's like, you have to like, kind of like get through the storm. Yeah. Like you can't just like override it. Like you can't like go over it, go under Like you have to literally walk through it. Right. Right. Like right in the eye of the storm. Exactly. And like, you know, see what needs to be done. And then the rainbow at the end, you know, yes. that's how it usually works. I think. Yes. Rainbow. <laughs> <Or> yes. Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, Nana, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be on. I want to do this forever yes. and I'm excited to be on other episodes. Yes. Um, so I would still love to do the one that we talked about of, of like highlighting different African countries and so kind fun. of giving some like introductions and also some really cool information about them. But I know you just said you're taking a break from social, but is there a way that we can connect and follow with you? None at all. Oh no. <laughs> with okay. social, I am taking, but I think I'm getting back in March if anyone cares to like see me. We care. We care. Um, but it's it's Nene and then Diane or Gianne E. So it's N E N E D I A N E and there's another E at the end. Um, so I'll be getting back on in March. I just need a little bit of a cleanse and I need to just get I just need to clear my mind a little bit because honestly, even though I'm very much an individual thinker, I can get caught up in the bullshit like everybody else. Yes. And so I just need time for me. But when I get on, I will be on. I yes. will come back and that is my name. So. And we'll be sure to tag you and everything so that folks who want to follow along can easily find you. But all right. Well, thank you so much for listening, Nana. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. And as always, I have been your host, Nick Polifrone. If you enjoy our content, please give us a rating and review. And be sure to hit that subscribe button for when new episodes are released every Tuesday. And we will see you again next week. Bye. Bye.